Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies, my homies, welcome back to Women of Impact, and I'm Lisa Ballou. If this happens to be your first time listening to this podcast, then what up, my homie? And if you've actually joined me before, guys, I'm so freaking happy you're back. Now, today, I have another Q&A from Instagram Live that's sure to help you stop freaking faking it and start to actually live into your total badassery. Now, every Thursday, guys, I go live on Instagram because I really want to help women build their confidence that makes their biggest freaking audacious dreams a reality. And so today, I discuss how to fully embrace your confidence without treading into cocky chick territory. Yep, sometimes, sadly, we may spill over and we want to make sure that our confidence doesn't actually demean other people. Now, guys, I do these lives on Instagram to really help you be able to build your confidence and actually go after that dream. And that's also why I have a free course to offer you guys that you can go right now and get it for absolutely free. It's four steps in building your confidence. So go right now to the number four, stepworkshop.com and you can get your free workshop for utterly free right now let's go to the number four stepworkshop.com and let's build a confidence together i got you my homie go check out the course and then also one more thing guys if you actually find this podcast useful or relatable or actually empowering it would be so meaningful i know everybody says it i know everyone says it but guys we say it because it's actually true when you leave a rating and a review you have no idea how powerful that actually is to me and actually getting the podcast out into the world even more so please if you do find that my podcast brings you value i ask you to go leave a rate and review right now how's everyone doing where are you calling from oh calling from um hi from india that's amazing what up india hello hello uh, maria miller how's it going hi su suavon i'm really really bad at saying people's names so apologies i'm sure i'm completely butchering it I'm here, as always, guys, to answer your questions and hear what you guys are struggling with. Let me know how I can help. Um, I'm usually focusing on confidence because that's kind of like my thing where I have gone from not feeling confident until people started to ask me, like, Lisa, you know, how did you build your confidence? And you have no idea when that was so shocking to me. I was like, you think of me as confident? Like, I have such a negative voice in my head that's always being dismissive of me, that's always telling me that I'm no good. So the fact that people perceiving me as confident was... um rather shocking to me and sorry let me know if my internet is lame i deeply apologize um but yes so here we are so if you guys are struggling with anything let me know i'm here to answer your questions there's a little question box at the bottom so you can just press it type in your question i'm also reading the comments but if you do that i can then put it as a sticker at the bottom hello from kenya what up hello from brazil this is so amazing what an eclectic bunch we have here oh shit 
can see I get very excited sometimes, guys. Um, so let's have a look. Let's see if anyone's... Oh, got a couple of questions. Uh, okay. I actually love this question. Thank you so much, Lynn, for this question. How do you exude confidence without looking cocky? So this was really tough for me because when you come from a place where you don't have the confidence and then you start to build it, you start to feel really good about yourself. And so you can be, you should, you should be proud of the, um, the progression that you have made. The problem is when you are with other people that sometimes don't have confidence, they can perceive you to be cocky. And that's where it actually happened to me once. So I built my confidence. I was away with a friend. I'm always very um, transparent and honest. So I was like, oh, what do you want to do? This is what I want to do. And over a period of a couple of days of me being kind of that confident in speaking just what I want, she actually approached me and was like, hey, you're actually triggering me right now because um, I feel like you're being very pushy. And I was like, oh my God, I had no intention of being pushy. I was just being very honest and transparent about what I actually wanted. And it was the first sign that I was like, do I, do I have to like maybe dumb myself, not dumb myself down, but like start to uh, be less confident in front of people that maybe don't have as much confidence? And then I thought, well, that actually doesn't serve me. That doesn't serve my progression. And it doesn't serve my friend, hopefully, or the people around you, because hopefully you can become an example of what is possible. So I started to go back into the old Lisa. The old Lisa, when I was younger, I saw confident women as intimidation. Now, the reason why I saw women as intimidation is because I felt so badly about myself. So I think with this question, the very key is do not, do not make yourself less confident or less you around other people, period. Then now go into situations with a bit of empathy. Know who you're talking to. So what that means is, is that don't say words or phrases that are going to potentially trigger them or demean them. Be, if focus on yourself and your confidence, but be, do be aware of who you're talking to. And are you talking in a way that can empower people, that can lift them up and feel good about themselves? Or is it a way of being like, see what I got, right? Like the, the bragging. Like are, if you're bragging, which I don't think bragging, the word bragging has a negative context, uh, context, but to me, it's about celebrating your wins. It's about celebrating the things that you achieve. Don't you freaking not celebrate those because you've worked damn hard to build your confidence so that you can get to the point where you've achieved great things, that great things to you. So do not sacrifice that in service of a person around you, but do be very careful and aware of who you're talking to, how you're phrasing things, and if you're using words that are going to make them feel badly about themselves or if you're going to uplift them. Thank you, girl. That was such a great question. I really appreciate it. So again, guys, I'm here to answer questions. Drop them in. Uh, okay, let's have a look at this. How do you set boundaries with others commenting on your body? So boundaries, I really love talking about because I had zero boundaries. I was the person that didn't know how to set them. And then as I started to learn about boundaries, I actually swung hard the other way. So if you kind of think about boundaries as being on the spectrum, I would like had zero boundaries. And then when I started to build them and realized the importance of boundaries, I flipped the other way and I came in like a freaking bull in a china shop. Now, the reason why I came in like a bull in a china shop was because I didn't feel good about myself. And so in order for me just to hold strong to a boundary, I had to do everything I can. And just being bullish was easier 
then like nuance of being polite and setting them in a way that you can feel confident about setting. So I didn't beat myself up over it. I knew, recognized that I slung all the way to the other end. But then I started to find things in the middle. And I think I might have shared this story, but I'm just going to share it again because it was super powerful. Um, I used to be the person, like I said, if someone disrespected me as I started to build my boundaries, I'd be like, hey, that doesn't fly. Don't talk to me like that. And I would come across quite aggressive. Now, the sad thing is when someone's trying to manipulate you, when you come across aggressive, what are they going to do? They're going to use it against you. Be like, see, told you unreasonable. See, I told her she was, she was too sensitive. And now the power you're trying to take by setting the boundary actually is flipped. And now you've actually lost your power again because everybody's like, they don't respect you because you're being dismissive about how you're setting the boundary. So the situation occurred where my neighbor was married. I was married. So we were both married. And started being a little flirty. Now, I don't mind flirting. Like there's, there's a line to flirting. So like if I give a smile to the guy behind the counter and I'm like, thank you. Right? That's, is that flirting? Sure, it's a little. But would I say that's inappropriate? No. So there's a borderline. So I was like, is he being inappropriate? I'm not sure. And because I wasn't quite sure, I was like, maybe I was imagining it, right? How many of us start to like go in our own head of like, I was imagining it. So I played that game in my head. It was like, maybe I was imagining it. Just watch out next time, Lisa. So the next time it happened, he was definitely flirting. And I was like, well, that was hard to ignore. Now, if I say to him and I turn and I just, sorry, I think it was reconnected. So if I turn around to him and I say, hey, don't you dare talk to me like that, blah, blah, blah. Again, he can dismiss me. And he'd be like, you're imagining it. It's you. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I said, okay, how do I approach this with respect to myself, with very clear lines of the boundary and not give them a way to then disrespect me back and dismiss me to, uh, quote unquote, make me too sensitive. So I wrote a script in my head. So, uh, Zenia, I would say, write a script in your head about the very next time someone's going to comment on your body, how are you going to respond? Actually write those words down. How am I going to respond the next time someone disrespects me, whether it's about your body or about anything else? So with my neighbor, what I decided was I didn't want him to gaslight me and pretend that what he said wasn't flirting. So that was number one. So that may be what you want to do. Make sure that if they say these words, it isn't gaslighting. They're actually trying to diminish your body or make comments about it. Cool. Now that you've got it, what is your rebuttal going to be? So imagine, again, going back to my neighbor. So imagine my neighbor is now flirting with me. What am I going to say next time? So I wrote down the words that are coming out of your mouth, the words you just said, actually, the words you just said, I perceive to be crossing a line and a boundary to into flirtation that makes me uncomfortable. Please do not say that again. Now, what I did then is I used his words, so I didn't say I felt, right? Because now they can dismiss you again. The words you just said, very clear. The words you just said was, I feel, well, is crossing a boundary into flirtation that I think is inappropriate. So now it's, I think, the words you just said, inappropriate. And then the last line is, please do not repeat, please do not say that to me again. Very clear boundary of what my expectation is next time. Now, 
if he came to me again and he said it, I would then escalate. I really would. I'd be like, do you remember last time I had asked you that when you said that, I think you're crossing a line. You've just repeated it. And I feel like you're now repeating the uh, crossing this line into flirtation that no longer um, I find comfortable. If, and I wouldn't, I didn't end up saying this because the next time he totally like waved to me from like the distance and I just waved back and he never flirted again. But if he was, I would absolutely say, if you repeat this, I will now have to escalate it and talk to my husband about this. And I would like to talk to you and your wife about this so we can come together and come to an agreement of what is appropriate and what isn't. Now, the fact that I didn't have to do that is thankfully, because it's not like I want that discussion. But honestly, Zenia, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Come up with that script and don't expect those people to pay attention. And then that becomes then the stepping stone to the escalation, then the stepping stone to the escalation. But you better believe you can then walk away with your head held high. You can walk away with respecting yourself. And even if they dismiss you, you know now to cut that person out of your life. If you set a boundary and someone keeps becoming um, a, a um, what's the word? A, uh, I can't remember think of the word. They basically ignore your boundary. What? All right, maybe I wasn't clear. Twice, but sure. Three, done, donezo. I've already warned you twice. Third time, you're out. And you're just going to make that declaration. So there you go. Oh, so glad that that helped you. Um, my internet is really sucking. Are you guys hearing me okay? I really hope so. I deeply apologize. Next time I might have to do it in a different room. Um, okay, so drop your questions in, guys. I am answering them. I'm here to help as much as possible. Um, okay, here's a question. Sometimes what looks like confidence is actually a lack of confidence. How can you tell the difference? This is a really great question. And my mind went into me having the lack of confidence or not having the confidence. I'm not sure if you mean somebody else. I'm not sure why that would matter if someone has lack of confidence unless it's someone close to you. But let's just go with me, uh, if this being yourself first. Um, people want to really hate on the idea of, um, thank you, we can hear you, appreciate that. Um, people sometimes hate the idea of like, the uh, what is it, the fake it till you make it. And I'm just like, Holy, what works for you? Like, actually, what works for you? So if you're trying to build your confidence and you don't have the confidence yet, and the only way to get started, and my watch just fell, and the only way to get started is to fake it. Freaking fake it. Like, if that is actually what's going to get the ball rolling for you to then build your confidence so that you can go freaking crush it, amazing. I don't care what people say about what that means. At the end of the day, if that's the tool you need to use to actually um, push yourself forward, amazing. Now, the other side of this question is potentially where you could talk about narcissists. And I just done so many episodes, and I just did an episode this week with Dr. Romani on narcissism. And the thing with narcissism is, is you think they actually have confidence. They're, they're very charismatic. They come in, they command the room. You're like, oh my God, I want confidence like them. But actually, it's the lack of confidence. It's the fact that they have such low self-esteem that they try to compensate in the opposite way. So narcissism confidence is a very different ball game. But hopefully my question answered, uh, sorry, my answer um, really helped you on this specific question on um, 
feeling lack of confidence within yourself. So tell me the truth is, if you've got to fake it, freaking fake it. And if that's what's going to get you started, then go for it. Um, okay, answering more questions. Your hairstyle is amazing. Thank you so much, Nondas. Appreciate it. Um, and my mum's in the house. Mum, you're so cute. I love you so much. Hello. Um, okay, next question. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Oh, this question is from the Naya. I'm sure I'm going to butcher the rest, so let's just stop there. How do you love yourself unconditionally, not needing anyone? All right, so here's the thing. I actually don't love myself unconditionally. And I think that that, for me, that's okay. I respect myself, but I don't love myself always. And again, going back to what message we get in social media that may trap us, I think it is like, you have to always love yourself. Well, sometimes it's absolutely hard to love yourself if you're not feeling well, you've got a negative voice in your head that's talking badly to you, and then you screw up. Like, let's just, like, make the worst case scenario. 
how how do you love yourself in that situation? Like, at least for me, again, I respect myself for giving it a shot. I respect myself for getting back up and learning. But in that moment, I don't actually feel the love. So I would actually urge you to maybe not get trapped in that. And I would say, are you the person that can respect yourself enough to identify when you don't love yourself and then unwire it? Or can you be the person that when you find moments where the negative voice is going and you feel badly about yourself and you failed, are you the person that can say, I respect you enough to learn how to do better? That's how I like to position it because I never want to trap myself in these ways of thinking. And if I feel like I have to, I have to love myself unconditionally, otherwise all's going to be lost. The truth is, I feel like just setting yourself up for disaster. And I'm to, I'm always trying to sell myself, set myself up for success. And so I say, what is my goal? What am I trying to do? What's the thinking I need behind it in order for me to get to that goal? And so if you tell yourself that I have to love myself unconditionally and then you end up beating yourself up, what's going to happen? You're going to feel worse about yourself. You're going to feel like, oh my God, I failed. Everyone's telling me I have to love myself and here I am. I'm not feeling it. And oh my God, I must be a loser. That doesn't serve you. That doesn't serve what you're trying to do and that doesn't serve your goal. So I would actually flip that. Then the other thing to your question is to not need anyone. That's about building validation. And that's basically what I was talking about. How do you build the validation within yourself so that you're not seeking it from external sources. Because for me, I thought I have to, you know, get married, have kids, be a good wife, be a mother, and in order to be respected by my culture. And so I was looking for the validation from external when I was a good wife. I was like, see, I'm doing good, right? But the truth was, I actually didn't like to cook and clean for my husband, but I was getting validation out of it that it became an eight-year cycle that I couldn't get out of. Why? Because I didn't have any validation elsewhere. So what I realized was, Lisa, instead of seeking it external, how do I build the validation within myself? And what does that actually look like? So for instance, um, maybe this is relatable, maybe it's not, but the first thing that came to mind is writing a book. So I wrote the book and in my head, I was like, well, what if no one buys it? No, what if no one reads it? What if someone reads it and they hate it? Like I was so worried about the validation I was going to get from someone reading the book or hitting New York Times number one. That was a goal. I was like, okay, you got to do this. you got to get onto the New York Times. But what if I didn't? Does that mean that I'm terrible? Does that mean that my book sucks? I don't want to get my validation from whether my book does well or whether my book doesn't. I don't want to get validation from whether you, someone out there reads it and likes it or not. Because let's face it, you're never going to make everyone happy. So I stopped in the midst of writing my book and I was like, how can I see the trap, right? So number one, recognize where the trap is. Then I started, cool, now that I know where the trap is, how do I actually start to build my validation as I write the book, as I start to do it, so that no matter what happens, I can feel good about myself. And so I wrote a list of what me doing a good job meant to me. So number one, did I show up and give it my all? No one else can tell you whether you gave it your all or not. Only you can. Number two, did I actually write a book? That's freaking epic. I never thought of myself as a writer. So I was like, did you finish it? Cool. You're the type of person, Lisa, right? So that's how I like to think. You're the type of person that dot, dot, dot. Lisa, you're the type of person that's never written a book before, but actually is going to dive in, give it her all, and then complete it. Holy smokes. Okay, that's validation again that I can tick that if I complete it, I've done it. It hasn't been to anybody else's help. No one else has had to write it for me. 
I showed up and I did it myself. So I started to put these pointers in of how do I build it? And then as I was going through, I was like, did you do this? Yes. Did you do this? Yes. Hey, I feel freaking great about the fact that I wrote a book. So that's what I would advise on that second part of not needing anyone. What allows you to not need anyone is to make sure that you're giving yourself what you need. And number one, I think, is giving yourself the validation. All right. Come to Kuwait. I would actually love to come to Kuwait. My husband gets to come to Kuwait. He's going in like three weeks or something. He's got the speaking gig, but I'm unable to go. I'm so bummed. But I, I absolutely would love to. Um, so thank you for the invite. Um, okay, I am answering questions, guys. If you want to drop them into the little question box, I am answering them as we go. Um, okay. All right, I like this question. All right, what's the best piece of advice you've ever given? Um, th there's a lot of advice I've gotten. It's never going to be one piece, but the very first thing that came to mind was something my husband said. Be so good they can't ignore you. Be so good they can't ignore you. So, for instance, when we started Quest Nutrition, there was like 1,500 1500 protein bars in the market at the time. And people were just like, oh, we actually got an expert, actually, that turned around and said, we need another protein bar like we need a hole in the head. It was a very big store when we went to them. I can't say who, but just in case. Um, and so, all right, well, how are you going to How are you going to compete with 1,500? Be so good they can't ignore you. So then I start my YouTube channel. There was already, I mean, it was like, what, four years ago now? There, millions and millions. I have no idea how many people are actually on uh, YouTube. But there were so many people. It's like, oh, who am I to start a YouTube channel? How am I going to compete with all these people? Be so good they can't ignore you. Writing a book. I've never written a book before. How am I? Be so damn good they can't ignore you. And that doesn't mean that automatically you're going to be good. That's the thing. It has to be wax on, wax off. One of my favorite movies, Karate Kid. So one of my friends, actually, I'm going to tell this story quickly. Maria Menounos. I freaking love that woman. I've admired that woman. When I was a stay-at-home wife um, for eight years, I would watch her on TV and I'd be like, oh my God, she's on the red carpet. She's Greek. She's living like the life I actually wanted. I was like, that looks so exciting. And so I start my podcast. I then hear that she starts to do interviews. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, we should reach out to Maria Menounos. We should definitely reach out to her. So the team reached out to her and she said no to come in on my show. Now, in that moment of getting a no, I could be like, well, she's missing out, right? Okay, well, that doesn't serve me. I still want to get her on my show. Then the next thing I could have done to, to ease my ego is I could have said, well, that's about her, not about me. Well, no, the truth is the reason why she said no is because of me. If Oprah had reached out to Maria Menounos at the time and asked her to interview, do you think Maria would have made time? Yes, I think she would have. So for me to try and pretend and give me the false idea that it's not about me doesn't serve me. Why? Because now it, I'm dismissing it. And I'm, like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. No. When I got a no, I was like, all right, for the next year, I'm going to get so damn good at what I do. I'm going to practice. I'm going to research. I'm going to rehearse. And I'm going to get so damn good that Maria freaking Menounos isn't going to be able to ignore me. I didn't take that personally. And so I just kept practicing. I kept getting better at what I was doing. And then eventually, to cut a very long story short, we reached out to Maria again and she said yes. Now, 
in hindsight, the most fascinating part about this story is we actually became friends and there was one night we were just hanging out late. And I said, to, I finally, called, I was like, do you know, you actually said no to me a year ago. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, we reached out and your team said no. She goes, Lisa, when was that? So we figured out the date. She goes, oh, she goes, no, I had just found out or she was struggling with her mum had stage four brain cancer and she was just diagnosed with a brain tumor all at the same time. And then here I am reaching out saying, can you come on my show? Because I had no idea what was happening. So it so happens that she just told her team, anyone that reaches out, say no to them. Now imagine I made it about me. Imagine I was like, well, Lisa, you're no good. We'll see, I told you. Like the voice in the head, right, is always just like, really, you're going to reach out to Maria? Who the hell do you think you are? That voice was very strong. But it doesn't serve me. So I flipped it and I said, be so good, they can't ignore you. So eventually, because I didn't give up, because I kept going, because I kept practicing, because I was focused on the prize, I eventually ended up getting it. Now, that doesn't mean that all situations are going to be like that. But imagine every time you hear a no, there's a whole different reason that you get a no. And in fact, let me just throw this at you. Miguel Jamie Kernlima sold It Cosmetics for $1.2 billion. She got like 10,000 no's as she was trying to raise money and as she was trying to build her company. Now, the amazing thing is, imagine she didn't get a no. Imagine in year one, she got a yes. She may have sold that company for like $50,000 and she wouldn't have been where she was to be able to then build the company so freaking huge that she got to sell it to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion. So don't take a no as a reflection of who you are, but you absolutely should take a no as a, a reassessment of what you show up to be and then just practice that skill of what you're trying to do to be so damn good they can't ignore you. So, and I'll follow it. Answering your questions, a 10,000 no's and one eventual powerful yes. Exactly. Oh, Mr. Christopher McDonald. I had no idea that was even you. I just thought, oh my God, that's such a great comment. What up, Christopher? And Christopher is actually the person that reached out to Maria Menounos. How freaking amazing is this that he's here? So happy to see you, dude. Um, okay, so going to another question. All right. Question, question, question. Apologies, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? 
Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, this is a relationship question. What advice would you give if someone said they can't date you again when you had a great date? I would say, who's the end? And I don't want to be dismissive of the question. I do like a little humor. Um, but the truth is, if you've just gone on like one or two dates, like going back to what I was saying about the validation, know what you freaking bring to the table, homie. Know what you bring to the table. So that you know that if someone doesn't want to date you, even if, like, you could spiral. There could be a thousand reasons. Their mum just got sick. They actually realized that you weren't who they thought you were. Like, from one extreme to the other is a thing that they could think about you. But seriously, do you want to date someone that is willing to just drop you like that? If it was amazing in your head and it was amazing to them, do you want to be with somebody? The great news is it's early days right? Just, just then walk away. Know your freaking worth. Now, here's the thing with knowing your worth. Sometimes it's hard to actually feel it. I get that. I do not want to just dismiss that at all. But what you can do is start to process how you develop your validation and your worth, right? Write those things down so that the next time you go on a date where you thought, oh my God, this was amazing. And they don't want to date me anymore. Go back to that cheat sheet of what you freaking bring to the table and then ask yourself, do you want to actually be in a relationship with someone that doesn't see what you bring to the table? It's, in fact, it's amazing that this happened because thank God you noticed earlier on that this isn't your person. That is fantastic news and hopefully you are able to leave and put that one quickly. So that's how I feel about that question. Hopefully that helped you, homie. All right. Um, answer some question. Right, how do I know? And this is just somebody who wrote in the comments. How do I know? This is from Tarsi Motor. How do I know if I made the right decision to end a relationship? Well, so here's the thing. Is there really technically a right or wrong? It's all subjective. So I think you need to maybe assess. So assuming that you've left the relationship and now assuming that you're curious and wondering, oh God, was that the right move or not? Ask yourself why. What is it that makes you wonder whether you should have stayed in that relationship? Is it like, oh my God, but they made me feel so good about myself. Amazing. Don't beat yourself up. But now ask yourself, how do you do that for yourself? Do you actually need to or want to get that solely from your partner? I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous. But the truth is there is no right or wrong. You just need to process what was the reason why you ended it. Does that still compute with how you feel today? And look, I'm not even to say that then maybe you made a mistake. That is, could be very real. But don't just do it based on an emotion. That's the thing. Actually, last week got asked a question about this where it was like, I was in an abusive relationship. They made me feel badly about myself all the time. I finally left and now I missed them. And so my advice is, what is the actual thing that you missed? Because if you can actually say that they were abusive, that they weren't kind to you, that they weren't any good in the relationship and didn't appreciate you, you have to assess what that thing that you actually miss is. And now ask yourself, was it them? Like, is it something that you can build within yourself? Was it that specific person? Or do you think that you can actually find that in another partner? And so I think that that's really important to not think of it as being right or wrong, but assessing the feelings that come with breaking up from some, with somebody. 
All right, got time for one more question. Let's have a look. Um, and, and guys, by the way, not this has anything to do with what uh, any of these questions, but um, I have created a Spotify playlist, in fact. Um, I'm not sure where people can actually go for the Spotify playlist. I do post the link on my IG stories. Maybe I'll post it in my link tree. We can get down the link tree. Amazing. So if you want a badass playlist to get you motivated and build your confidence, you can go over to my link tree. Um, okay, so let's go. All right. This is from Mary. How do I move confidently into my new life in my 50s after lifelong self-loathing? Well, first of all, homie, I just want to give you so much applause, like so much right now for being the person that doesn't say I'm too old. Like, I love that so much. And that's one thing that I, I, none of us should ever carry with us. I'm too old to do that. I love the idea. So the fact that you're even asking this question, you need to, the moment you feel with the self-loathing, you need to remember and remind yourself that you are brave enough to be the type of person that wants to change their life. That is the type of person that is brave enough to come on an Instagram and ask the question in such transparency and honesty. So that is, do not dismiss the little actions that we take in the path to building our confidence. That is huge for us. So I want to just really um, give you so much freaking credit right now. And guys, if you're watching this, please do heart Mary for being so um, brave to be able to show up and ask that question. So the next thing I will say is, I don't know if you do, but try not to beat yourself up over what has happened. The fact that you're looking future facing is amazing. Now, there may be a lot, I, I'm not a psychologist, but there may be some trauma or some issues that you've had in the past that has made you feel like you don't love yourself or that you don't like yourself. I would always advise that's where you should absolutely maybe even consider therapy. I'm not sure if you're in therapy, but that could be huge for you to start unpacking the things in your past and why you now have so much self-loathing and that it's gotten all the way to you having to be 50 to recognize it and to then build your confidence. So again, I'm not a psychologist. It may be worth actually sitting with a therapist and doing the deep work. Um, and then the last part I will say is th the fact that you're trying to build a new life is so beautiful. And so it will take stepping stones. Building your confidence, guys, is never going to happen overnight. It's like wanting to go to a gym and then being able to want to bend, press 200 pounds. It's going to take time. Confidence is a muscle that you have to keep building in order for you to be able to flex it. So it takes stepping stones. So number one, what are the habits or behaviors in your life that contribute to your self-loathing, right? Setting boundaries. I assume people are pushing you around, not that way you don't feel good about yourself. And so now that self, like you internalize it. So how do you set boundaries? Get the book, um, called Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. She's such a great, amazing woman. She's one of my homies. I've had her on my show multiple times. She really does teach how to set boundaries. So I would say be a student right now in all the things that you can start to learn. So learn how to set boundaries. That would be huge for you. Look at your habits. Habit formation is so damn important. So if we have bad habits, it can absolutely contribute to you not having self-esteem. So when it comes to the types of food you eat, do you go on walks? Do you treat your body well? All of those things will make a difference. So right now, step one is just taking inventory. 
You never ever want to beat yourself up. You always want to give yourself grace. So write, uh, give yourself, write, sorry, uh, do inventory of all your habits and behaviors. And then next to it, what I want you to do is say, does this serve your goal of building your confidence? Yes or no? And you do it one by one. And then you're going to take the first thing and then you're going to come out with a way to build a habit to stop doing what you're doing or adopt a new habit. Because it can be so overwhelming. Like going back to the gym. You don't go back to the you don't go to the gym and be like, all right, I'm gonna walk in there and I'm gonna know exactly how to squat and I'm gonna exactly know how to do push-ups and I'm gonna be able to do 50 push-ups immediately, even though I've never done one. So oh my god, it could be so damn overwhelming. Like my mom's watching right now, actually. She used to say she's too old to lose the weight. And then she had a flip in her mind. She changed the habits one one thing at a time. She changed, she was just going for a walk. She was walking for five minutes. Then she did 10 minutes. Then she did an hour. And in that process, my mom ended up losing like 120 pounds. In her 70s, she lost 120 pounds. Why? Because she stopped thinking she had to do it all at once, that it had to be an overnight thing. It can be in small incremental steps that you can take, but it means that you have to write a game plan. That means that you have to know yourself and be honest with yourself. Now, once you have that game plan, like I said, take one little thing at a time. The first thing may be, I'm going to stop eating a donut for breakfast. And I'm going to show myself the love that my body means a lot to me, that my body has actually carried me through these 50 years. And you know what? I want my body to carry me through another 50 years. So just the very first thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not even going to buy sneakers to go to the gym. I'm just not going to have a donut for breakfast. Cool. Now do that consistently for 30 days. Now you feel good about yourself. Like, oh my God, I'm the type of person that said I was going to do something and I'm the person, type of person that then actually did it. That starts to really build your confidence. And what amazing thing happens is you've got the self-loathing here and you've got the confidence here. As you start to build your confidence, your self-loathing starts to come down and it will start to do this. To the point where you get more confidence and now you don't have the self-loathing. But it won't happen overnight. And so, um, yeah, hopefully that gives you like a, a bit of a blueprint of how to approach uh, really letting go of the idea that you have about how bad you are or how terrible you are or what not, you know, the self-loathing that you said. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. I am here every Thursday. Follow me, uh, click the notifications, and um, I really, really am pouring my heart and soul into helping you guys build your confidence. I'm going even harder on the YouTube side of things, so go check out if you're not following me at on YouTube. Go over and subscribe on YouTube where I do these deep dives with the most impactful, amazing freaking women. Also, do let me know. I read your comments. I read DMs. I read uh, comments in YouTube. Like I really do take that to heart. I really want to know what things you guys are struggling with and how I can keep showing up for you. And I think I have a thing which I can't even find now. This is me being a bit unprepared. Um, I have a free, and sorry, I'm kind of trying to lean to find something here. I just can't remember the website address. I have a free course, which you would think I would be better at this after all this time, but I'm not. It is what it is. Um, so I have a free course, guys, if you want to build your confidence. It is go to fourstepworkshop.com 
fourstepworkshop.com and it's basically four steps of how to build your confidence. It's utterly free. So go over right now. You can get this totally free. Share it with your mates, share it with your homies, anyone that's struggling. There it is right there. And then also, again, like I said, I'm going to be here every Thursday. So come next week with your questions and let's build our confidence together. Until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Thank you for joining. Peace.